Welcome, welcome, welcome to a wonderful episode of The Gospel According to Stupid. I'm Johnny Waters, and uh, this particular podcast is the only podcast I'm aware of that is reading the Bible from cover to cover. And uh, we're doing it in fun, explicit style, so um, there's a lot of exploration that is probably very dirty. Uh, yeah. And this is the first time for me to read it all, so this is all going to be kind of rough. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate it. So, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give you some business in the beginning, as I usually do. Um, we have, uh, means for you to contact us, uh, me, I guess, on the Twitter sphere as well as the email sphere, and, uh, respectively, we have at accord to stupid and according to stupid at gmail.com. Uh, you can send your confessions and thoughts and all sorts of fun little things right on over there, and it's super rad. Um, other business, I just today, and I uh, was on another podcast, and I'll let you guys know as we happen to get closer and closer to when that particular release just happens. But there's a little studio that just popped itself up right in the uh, heart of Boise of Idaho, and uh, it's a sweet little space. It's It's scrappy, just like me, and I like it. Um... And, uh, you know, we did a little, little, uh, little podcast that, uh, hopefully comes out real good in a, in a couple weeks or so. Uh, they're starting up brand new, so it'll be rad. Uh, hint, it's about movies, particularly of the war that happens to be in the star variety. Um, yeah. So, that's about all that's new with Lemmy. Um, let's move on to what we usually do in the beginning of this particular podcast to see just who exactly is listening uh, across this technically international podcast. Uh, and it's pretty great. So we will have the top uh, several countries listening into this particular podcast. And I believe we're not too much bigger than last week. We are at six as opposed to five. But we do have a couple new flags, uh, especially one that has taken... Uh, the first spot, which hasn't taken the first spot ever. So everybody prepared? You listening? You have your headphones in or your stereo turned up? Here we go. At number six, we have France. At five, we have Greenland, which you guys have a pretty rad flag, apparently. Uh, number four, we have Colombia, which I'm interested because my bosses went to Colombia recently, and I wonder if they happen to listen to this. At number three, we have Ireland. At number two, we have the United States. And at numero uno, beating America... Australia. Wow. Well done, guys. And you beat us by quite a bit. Um, and now, time for the top ten cities. Uh, if you guys like listening to this, tell your friends. Your city might just happen to end up on this particular podcast, and you guys might so happen to hear your particular city on here. And, of course, if you send an email, you'll probably hear your own name, so there's an easy way to get yourself onto podcast fame. At number ten, we have... Oh, what the fuck? We have Nuke. Greenland? I really hope that's a place, and probably get a better name. Uh, Walker, Louisiana, I think, of uh, US of A. Bogota, Colombia, at number 8. Dublin, Ireland, at number 7. Adelaide, Australia, at number 6. Honolulu, Hawaii, at number 5. Uh, Ingle Farm, Australia, and uh, at number 4. So you guys from Australia, you guys have been hitting it from all over the place. I wonder what the hell happened. Because um, I hear you Australians just eat up podcasts, which is fucking rad. Uh, at number three, we have Brunswick, Australia. Um, and then we have number two, Cannonsburg, uh, Pennsylvania. And with a colossal lead, numero uno, Burton, Australia. So give yourselves a pat on the back. You guys rock, uh, as well as you ladies who are listening, too. I'm not trying to be one or the other. That was weird. Okay. 
Now on to the real thing. Uh, talking about the Bibble, right? Uh, last time we went with, um, we had the David and Goliath episode, which was pretty cool. Uh, David buried a particularly big lead about him killing a lion and a bear, and then he proceeds to murder a dude who is nine feet tall wearing several uh, 150 pounds of armor and weapons, and then rips his, cuts his head off, I guess, but ripping sounds better. And then goes like, we win, and everything seems to work out, I suppose. Right? Right. That's where we're at. Okay, uh, chapter 18. And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. Fuck yeah. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, Jonathan and David gonna do something? I don't know. From what I can tell, it seems that they both uh, are, you know, good to each other. They're like, hey, we like each other. So, uh, Jonathan, the son of Saul... Uh, and David are like, hey, you fucking rock, man, because both of them just up and murder people. But they do it in good fashion. Anyway, and they're Philistines, which apparently we're not supposed to like. But hey, this is this version. Of, this is this Bible. Anyway, uh, and Saul took him that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Huh. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. Thank you for reiterating. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him. Oh, oh boy, we're going to get into a homosexual porno here. And gave it to David and his garments, even into his sword. Wow. And to his bow and to his girdle. Oh, man. Let's be sure. Let me look up the... Uh, I look up to Bible Hub. Uh, that uh, helps me with any sort of clarification that I might happen to need. And particularly, I'm wondering the girdle part, and if it is happening to be a girdle or if it's something a little bit else. Uh, let's see. His belt says some. Okay. Uh, it is not anything else. So as far as I can assume, he's just standing there in his skivvies. If people wore them at those times, which I'm wondering, but it seems like he just stripped the fuck off himself and was like, you get these now. And David went out whithersoever, uh, and David went out whithersoever Saul sent him, and behaved himself wisely. And Saul sent him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. So he's being pretty great, and especially with his brand new wardrobe. And it came to pass as they came, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, uh, that the women came out of all the cities of Israel, oh yeah, singing and dancing to meet King Saul, damn it. With tabrets and joy and with instruments of music. Spelled very strangely in this edition. And the women answered one, uh, answered one another as they played and said, Saul hath slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Well, I mean, as far as we know, David only killed one big dude. So, I mean, you know. And Saul was very wroth and saying, displeased him. Uh, and the saying displeased him, and he said, uh, They have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. <laughs> uh, and what can he have more but the kingdom? Well, I mean, it's just a phrase, man. Like, don't need to get jealous, but he's probably gonna. And Saul eyed David from that day and forward. <laughs> and it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul for the second time, it seems. Also, we had a discussion on the evil spirit of God, and I begin to wonder about this particular God of ours. And he prophesied in the midst of the house, and David played with his hand, as the other times, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. Oh, that's not good. And Saul cast the javelin, whew, 
for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. That's actually pretty fucking metal. And David avoided it, uh, avoided out of his presence twice. Uh, so he almost gets hit by this particular javelin twice, or he hides twice from Saul. And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. Well, now we're confused because we have David who is apparently filled with the Lord's spirit and we have Saul who is filled with the evil spirit from God, both of which are spirits from God, I believe. And is it either in him or not? Because if it leaves him and we just be, you know, rawr, kill everything, it kind of paints a much better story than we have an evil side of God in us that hopefully, and I assume later, is put out there that the uh, the devil is in somebody. Uh, that's what I think. But, you know, I'm reading it as is, so here we are. Uh, Therefore Saul removed him from him. Okay. And, oh, removed himself from him and made him his captain over a thousand. Oh, this is just strange. And he went out and came in before the people, and David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Saul sounds like a schizophrenic. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him, as opposed to any other time he's actually behaved any differently, because so far we only have just the one way he's ever behaved. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them, because he seems like a pretty good guy. And Saul said to David, Behold my elder daughter, Merab. Cool. Her will, her will I give thee to wife. Uh, only be thou valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. I didn't expect him to do anything different. For Saul said, Let not mine hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Philistines be upon him. Okay. Oh, as in like, I I won't lay a hand against you, but let the our enemies fall upon you, basically. I, you know, which is kind of a weird backhanded way. And David said unto Saul, Who am I? And what is my life or my father's family in Israel that I should be son-in-law to the king? Uh, good question, David. And it came to pass at the time when Merab Saul's, Saul's daughter should have been given to David, that she was given unto Adriel, the uh, Meholathite, to wife. Oh, there is a switcheroo. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me. And Michal, Saul's daughter, loved David, and they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. I guess this all worked out. And Saul said, I will give him her, that she may be a snare to him, and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. I don't know how this would work out this way, but how does his daughter bring about the Philistines to him? Maybe he'll explain more in a second, I don't know. Wherefore Saul said to David, Thou shalt this day be my son-in-law in the one of the twain. Okay, we're going to look that one up. 1821, let's see. Uh, I will give her to him, he thought, so that she may be a snare to him, and so that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. I don't see how. This makes, they're always going to be against you, man. Like, whatever. Anyway, so Saul said to David, uh, now you have a second opportunity to become my son-in-law. Aha, okay, that makes sense. Okay. Um, and Saul's servants spake these words in the ears of David, and David said, Seemeth it to you a light thing to be a king's son-in-law, seeing that I am a poor man and lightly esteemed? Um, I mean, I doubt David wanted to coast, but that was my thought that I would probably be coasting. And the servants of Saul told him, saying, On this manner spake David. Okay. 
And Saul said, Thus shall ye say to David, The king desireth not any dowry but a hundred foreskins, oh my God, of the Philistines to be avenged of the king's enemies. Wow. But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. So, okay, okay. We're going we're gonna to reread this one and the other one because I'm fucking dumb. Just to be sure who says what to who. Saul replied, Say to David, the king wants no other price for the bride than a hundred Philistine foreskins to take revenge on his enemies. Saul's plan was to have David fall by the hands of... Okay, that makes a lot more sense. It sounded like Saul um, was doing something else. It was a little switcheroo in my head. My bad. Um... Anyway, and when his servants told David these words, it pleased David well to be the king's son-in-law, and the days were not expired. Cool, and he went about and started chopping foreskins. Wherefore, David arose and went, he and his men, and slew the, uh, oh my God, slew of the Philistines two hundred men. Wow. And David brought their foreskins only, oh my God, there's an easier way, boys. And to give them in full tale to the king, that he might be the king's son-in-law. And Saul gave him Michal, Michal, Michil, his daughter to wife, Fun. And Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David, and that Michal, Saul's daughter, loved him. Ah, nice. Despite the fact that 200 people fucking died and had their, you know, foreskins torn off. And Saul was yet the more afraid of David. No shit! And Saul became David's enemy continually. Whoops. Uh, when the princes of the Philistines went forth, and it came to pass after they went forth, that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul, uh, so that his name was much set by. So he's like, I'm awesome. Look at this. I'm doing exactly what you said. I'm acting wisely. I'm not out overreaching myself. I'm being awesome. And I did double the amount of work that you told me to do. And he fucking did it. Well, well done, man. Like, I can't fault you for that, but... Dude. Anyway, chapter 19, all right? And Saul spake to Jonathan, his son, and to all his servants, that they should kill David. Aw. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. I like David. And Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father, seeketh to kill thee. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take heed of the, uh, to thyself until the morning, and abide in a secret place, and hide thyself. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where thou art, and I will commune with my father of thee and what I see, and I will tell th that I will tell thee. And Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul. Okay, so he makes this plan of like, we're going to go out here, and we're just going to be like, well, I think that David's a real cool dude. Doopa doopa doo. Why are we trying to kill him? He nice dude. I gave him my clothes. Um, and Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul his father, and said unto him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he hath not sinned against thee, and because his works have been to thee ward very good. Yeah, ye killed Goliath and two hundred extra Philistines for the funsies and the foreskins. For he did put his life in his hand, and slew the Philistine, and the Lord wrought a great salvation for all Israel. Thou sawest it, and didst rejoice. Wherefore then wilt thou sin against innocent blood to slay David without a cause? Yeah, buddy. And Saul hearkened unto the voice of Jonathan, and Saul sware, As the Lord liveth, he shall not be slain. But... And Jonathan called David, and Jonathan shewed him all those things. And Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as in times past. It is a little um, meta for me to be saying my name throughout this whole thing, but, you know, it's fun. And there was war again. Ah, fuck. And David went out and fought with the, Philist with the Philistines. Oh, fought with them. Nah, we're fighting with And slew them with a great slaughter, and they fled from him. Again, 
Were we supposed to take them all as slaves? I don't know. And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul. Ugh, again? This is the third time. As he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand, his favorite javelin, by the way, and David played with his hand. Mmm, nice. And Saul uh, sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin, and he slipped away out of Saul's presence, and he smote the javelin into the wall, and David fled and escaped that night. Yeah, something's wrong with Saul and the brain places. Saul also sent messengers into David's house to watch him and to slay him in the morning. And Michal, David's wife, told him, saying, If thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. Yeah, good thinking. So Michal let David down, let David, oh, let David down through a window, and he went and fled and escaped. Ah, what a good wife. And Michal took an image and laid it on the bed and put a pillow of the of goat's hair for his bolster and covered it with a cloth. Ah, doing the old switcheroo like in Lord of the Rings. And when Saul sent messengers to take David, she said, he is sick. Ah, what a good wife. And Saul sent the messengers again to see David, saying, Bring him up to me in the bed, that I may slay him, personally. And when the messengers were coming, behold, there was an image in the bed, with a pillow of goat's hair for his bolster. And Saul said unto Michal, uh, Why hast thou deceived me so, and sent away mine enemy, that he is escaped? And Michal answered Saul, He said unto me, Let me go, why should I kill thee? Fair enough. So David fled and escaped and came to Samuel to uh, came to Samuel to Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him and he and Samuel went and dwelt in Naioth. Cool. So he fled, and it was told Saul saying, "Behold, David is in uh, Naioth in Ramah." And Saul sent messengers to take David, and when they saw the company of the prophets prophesying. As they do, and Samuel standing as appoint, uh, appointed over them, the Spirit of God was upon the messengers of Saul, and they uh, also prophesied. Ooh, do we get a prophecy in this one? And then it was told Saul, yes, he sent other messengers, and they prophesied likewise. Oh, this isn't exactly what I think. And Saul sent messengers again the third time, and they prophesied also. Uh, then went he also to Ramah, and came to a great well that is in Shechu. And he asked and said, Where are Samuel and David? And one said, Behold, they be at Naoth in Ramah. And he went thither, and good, well knowing your kingdom, buddy. And he went thither to Naoth in Ramah, and the Spirit of God was upon him also. And he went on and prophesied until he came to Naoth in Ramah. Okay. Let me just back up a second. So Saul's traveling, and he gets to Naoth, right? And he stripped off his clothes also, and prophesied before Samuel in like manner, and laid down naked all the day and all that night. Wherefore, they say, is Saul also among the prophets? Um, we're going to look that one up. Uh, where yet? Where yet? Where yet? All right. Uh, the Philistine commanders continue. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong chapter. Looking at the wrong chapter, looking at the wrong chapter in BibleHub.com. Uh, he stripped off his garments, and he too prophesied in Samuel's presence. He lay naked all that day and all that night. And uh, this is why people say, is Saul also among the prophets? Oh, well, that was kind of lackluster. Um, yeah, that was what we have today. Apparently Saul is really not for this David fellow. But Jonathan is. I kind of am, except for the whole... 200 people being killed and foreskin being laid. But hey, you know, 
you, you do you. This was before they had that little guillotine thing in um, men in tights and uh, better medical practices. So, I mean, I guess as an adult, it was easier just to up and murder somebody. But when you only need the foreskins, you're just adding extra work to yourself, I guess. So, there's that. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, you can send an email off to accordingtostupid at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at AccordToStupid. All these things can be found in the show notes. And if you would be so kind, if you like this episode, share it with friends. Or even better yet, leave a review, preferably five stars, on Apple Podcasts. It's the best place for anybody to happen to find this particular podcast, whether you hate it or love it or et cetera, et cetera. We'd love to see your reviews. And as always, uh, you've been prophesied. No, that's wrong. I'm not a prophesizer. That's stupid. I don't do any more of these. I'm such an idiot. You've been gospel too, bud. Th-